Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction, and we hope in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of the podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. As I like to do every week is give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer, um, he is the one that really makes this possible, so I appreciate all the work he does uh, to put this out each and every week uh, to you, so you, the listener, uh, can participate wherever you find yourself listening to this podcast. If you want to learn more about this podcast or really anything Crosswinds related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, I have a, a special guest host. It's certainly... Um, uh, has been a part of our podcast this past year. And so uh, Betty Ryan, our executive pastor, is here with us. Betty, thank you so much for saying yes to this. Uh, it's a great privilege to be here. <laughs> and, and so what we're going to do, um, uh, we're going to really answer a question that came to me from someone who's a part of our church. And I've heard the question many times uh, over the many years that I've pastored now, uh, and that question is really, I'm going to put it this way, it wasn't the way the question was necessarily asked, asked to me, but it is uh, sort of the gist. It, what place does obedience play in a believer's life? And the reason I, the question was asked is because the person who asked it is, is a newer believer, um, at least newer to, the, to the, our church scene and, and, and sort of what I like to call Christianese, the way that we talk in church, which is somewhat, sometimes different, let's be honest than those who aren't part of the church community. And, and they had been hearing some talk about obedience, and it seemed like a, for, a magic formula to them, mm. that the purpose of obedience was to get. And, and certainly there is an aspect that we'll get to that, that certainly um, uh, lends itself to, to part of that understanding, but it's certainly not the main reason uh, why we are walking obedience with Christ, or at least why we strive through the Spirit's help, right, to, to, to walk as closely to, to that obedience line that Scripture lays out um, that we can. And, and so I'm, I'm going to sort of go down there. Betty's here to sort of ask questions and, and to give some input as we, as we have this conversation. Um, but I, I just want to start off by, by saying this about obedience. Just as you can't earn your way into salvation— you don't like become a Christian, then earn your way to keep it. Mm. And, and I think that just has to be really clarified that that we understand in Ephesians two eight through nine it says by for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it's the gift of God, not as a result of works, which would be obedience, right? Not a, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. But it's by faith, and, and we're saved. Uh, from sin and made holy by faith, right? We, Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross for our sins, resurrected for our salvation. Uh, John three sixteen is pretty clear that everyone who believes in him for their salvation, it doesn't mean simply that they believe that Jesus exists. Uh, many people believe there a person named Jesus existed, but don't necessarily see him as, as God's one and only son who died on the cross for our sins, resurrected for our salvation. But those who place their faith in Christ for salvation will be saved. And, and I, when we look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, we also understand then that salvation, and salvation isn't just that moment we say yes to Jesus, it, it's, it's from that moment to the unforeseen future, right? It, it, it's, 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 it's the timeless relationship we have with God. That it's not by works, it's not by our obedience, 
It's by the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ on the cross. And so we, we come to Christ in faith. We continue in Christ, so to speak, in faith. Does that make sense? When, you know, I sort of throw that out there, and Betty's here to keep me honest, making sure that my Christianese isn't, isn't, uh, isn't so profound, but maybe a new believer out there is like, what is he talking about? I think that is so true. But it also says, um, you know, don't just read it, do what it says. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because that's how we grow our faith. Anything that we believe or follow, we're going to obe- be obedient to something. Yes. We are obedient either to our own self-desires, we're obedient to what the world says or what somebody else out there with their own thought process says, and what better... Um, place to be obedient than to Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Who has it all worked out completely for us. And so when I think about that, I think of our obedience is going to go somewhere. And so when when we think of that word, it's not about like your parents said, if you do this, you'll get this. Oh, let's let me put that on myself. I said to my kids, if you do this, this can happen. It's a different kind of obedience. It's obedience in love and in a desire to grow in your faith, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, obviously, you know, we we both are sharing that you you don't earn salvation mm-hmm. and, and you don't you don't have to continue with this burden of if I don't live up to this this view of perfection. In fact, uh Francis Schaeffer, who's one of my favorite thinkers, I, I get about fifty percent of what he what I read because he's mm-hmm. so brilliant. But that fifty percent I get's pretty good, and uh, you know he talks about the, the sort of romanticizing things, you know, and he says even as believers we can romanticize this this idea of obedience to the point to where when we when we fall, when we sin, when we when we fall short, um, that we give up. We think you know if I can't measure up to this. There's no way, you know, that – and sometimes it's, it's good intentions. It's like, you know, God deserves better. And, of course, he does, right? I mean, we get that. But he also loves us as we are and takes us to, 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 to grow deeper in him and, and walk um, more and more in, uh, in alignment with what it means to be in Christ. And, you know, the longer I, I walk with the Lord, the two things happen. The better I get at doing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in my own self, but God teaches me lessons, right? And I, I grow when I become more proficient in this area and that area. The other thing is I become more understanding of how fall short I am, you know, I, I, how much more growth I need, you know. And, you know and, and so there's just this reality, this interaction when we talk about obedience. It just has this romanticizing of, you know, anyone out there that we are being perfected but if you have that romantic view that if I fall short of that, that I'm just going to give up, I'm, I'm not measuring up, you'll never get to where God wants you. As a matter of fact, you'll never enjoy where you're at. And so I say oftentimes, you know, what to people, when, when, whether I'm preaching or, or just talking with them, I know I'm not what I ought to be, but I thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm a work in progress. And there's something beautiful about knowing that. So I think what you're alluding to is is that our mistakes can be just as important to our faith journey as our successes, I think. And so, like I tell people all the time, and I have to apply it to my own life as well, right, that um, kind of like what you said, I'm not who I, I'm not who I was, but I have a, a further journey to go. And if I give my mistakes over to Christ— then, of course, I would give my successes over to him as well. My mistakes, he can grow me and show me and guide me and teach me and all of those amazing things. And my successes, he can also show me how he's with me through every step of the way. Yeah, even hearing you say that, it reminds me of Paul's words when he's talking about, I'm pressing on 
In other words, he has a goal. Yes. And the goal is to be like Christ. And so he knows Jesus. He knows who Jesus is. But he knows he hasn't arrived. Um, but as he looks back, he knows he's grown. You know, he's not the same person he was probably even a year before, right? And, and so it's it's an interesting, when we think about obedience, it, it's an interesting sort of, um, uh, maybe a dichotomy is the right word, I don't know, but but where we, we have this image of Christ through Scripture, we, we know um, what love's supposed to look like, we, we know what obedience is supposed to, all these things, what, what are they supposed to look like, what's compassion look like? And um, when we fall short of that, and so, you know, sometimes we fall short, and sometimes it's sin falling short, right? We 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 totally miss the ball, and like you said, we come to Christ, we ask for forgiveness, and we keep journeying with Him. And so there's that part, and then there's the other part where if we start looking back a little bit, like He says, "I'm not looking back," but He's not talking about not looking back, and He's saying, "I'm not looking back in the sense of um, putting myself down." You know, I'm not looking back of still bearing the weight. That Christ is already forgiven and, and the growth, but He's acknowledging growth. And sometimes looking back allows us to acknowledge growth. It allows us to look back and say, you know, wow, I have grown. And, and that's why I think journeying with one another is so important. Because if you don't have people who are journeying with you, who sometimes can speak truth in your life and say, look, I get it. You know, you blew this, but but my goodness, look how far you've grown. Look what look what God's done in your life. Um, we can become sort of robots for God, right? Where it's like, man, I have to be perfect. I've got to, uh, when I drop the ball, I'm done. Um, or frustrated for ourselves. Why not just give up on this thing, you know? And I think a lot of times, uh, matter of fact, I talked about that uh, sort of romantic view uh, of our relationship with God. Francis Schaeffer uses marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and I think mm-hmm. um, sometimes that happens in marriage too. You know, a couple gets married and they're like, you know, we should never fight. Well, yeah, in a perfect world, that would be true. We don't live in that world. You know, well, love should always look like this. Well, yeah, in a perfect world, that's true. But, you know, you come together as imperfect people. You know, if you're believers, thank God with the Spirit of God leading you, directing you, convicting you. Um, But your marriage isn't going to be what you wanted it to be day one. That's That's your picture, you know, and it's okay to shoot for that picture as long as you don't allow the marriage to explode because it's not that. And you can miss the blessing of what that marriage can be by romanticizing what it's and, and saying, but it's not that. And and that's not to talk about, you know, all the complexities of why marriages don't work. And there's certainly reasons, abuse. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the normal uh, situation where someone says, you know, I, I just, this, this isn't working for me because it's not what I wanted it to be. And, and I, I think in our Christian walk, it's the same thing. We, we grow every day, and we change every day. And so if my idea of what it should be is this way today, I have so much growth between today and next year. It will change. Of course it should, because I'm changing. My Absolutely. understanding and my uh, – it's all changing the same way in marriage. So I love that analogy, um, Craig. In the marriage, we are both changing together. And so, of course, a year from today – our goals will look different because we're both growing, and um, we'll learn how to accept that growth in one another, and em- not only accept it but embrace it. And the same way with our faith. Yeah, you know, Paul in Romans one, you know, he's talking about the power of the gospel, and in verse seventeen he says, "For in in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith." And God, of course, is righteous, which means He's pure. He has no bad in Him. He's perfect. 
Um, and he, he always acts in accord with his holy character uh, and promises to people, which is a good deal for us. When God promises it, you know, we, he, he's always going to be true to his promises. Obedience does play a role in that, which we'll talk yes. about in a bit. But because God is righteous, he also has to condemn sin. He yes. judges sin. So we understand that. There's a consequence to sin, even as believers. Um, you know, we say something we shouldn't have said, and, and we ask God for forgiveness. It doesn't mean the other person's going to forgive us. It doesn't mean that those words aren't going to get us in trouble. It doesn't mean that if we do something at work we shouldn't have done, we're not going to get fired, by the way. Consequences. There's consequences. Um, but the good news is that he, only, he provides through Christ forgiveness but he also gives us the power to get right back on the road and live that life that he's called us to live. And, and what, what you're alluding to, what we're talking about is that even in our disobedience, there can be power in the hands of God to learn how to maybe walk differently. Yes. Maybe in the next time we're in that conversation to catch ourselves before we say what we said. And, and, and so if it's from faith to faith, there, there, growth is built into our journey with God. And, and we don't want to we don't want to miss that in this idea of obedience. So yeah, we're to walk obediently, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our next episode. Like what what is the actual role of obedience? Um, but but I but as a preface to that, we we have to lay down that that it's not works, it's not obedience that brings us to Christ, it's not obedience that keeps us in Christ. Um, but it is the reality that although works don't save us, genuine believers will do good works. And that's that's a reality. And so I, I do think I want to make sure there's that, that biblical tension that when people are hearing us talk about obedience, that they don't leave and say, oh, that's great. I can just do what I want then because God will just forgive me. And so it is a big deal, right? We, we, want, we, want, to, we want to walk in obedience with God. Um, and, and the reality of it is, you know, when, we look at, when I look at Scripture, I'll speak for myself. When I look at Scripture, I don't see a faith— that doesn't have a striving to be like Christ as genuine. In fact, over and over again in the New Testament, there, there's statements of if you have received Christ type of thing, if you're in Christ, if, and it's, it's, it's understanding, there are going to be some people who are reading or hearing the word read, which was often how these letters were done. They were, they were read to a congregation. There'd be people sitting here who hadn't made a decision for Christ yet. They're just checking out the things of Christ. But it's also a way to sort of jot someone's mind to say, are you in? Have you really received him? I mean, just praying a prayer doesn't save you. It's believing. And believing is an act of word in the scriptures. It's trusting him for your salvation. And if you've done that, then don't you want to grow in your love? Mm. I I think you said a key word, in your love. Because the way I love someone today looks different than the way I loved them 10 years ago. There's a different humility. There's a different authenticity and a grace and I am so grateful when I think about where I sit today that hopefully if I'm growing in Christ, that love will grow to change and even be more authentic and more caring and more compassionate in the years to come so that how amazing it is to think the Lord will be able to uh, have people cross my path who who are in need of some of that compassion and love. And maybe he couldn't have brought them across my path 10 years ago, but he can do it today because I have obediently desired to grow in faith. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, you know, going back to the marriage illustration, my wife and I, Krista, um, we have just celebrated not too long ago 30 years together. And, uh, you know, I remember still, like it was yesterday, the day we got married, and I thought I couldn't love her more than I did on that day. 
and, and thinking how, how profound her love was, that she was going to say, I do, right? That she was going to take me as her husband. And yet now 30 years journeying, I realized I did love her. Everything I knew I had to love her, but my love for her is so much more profound now. And my understanding of her love for me was so much more profound now because of the things that she's overlooked, the things that she's gone through with me, uh, the things she's put up with. We've, bear, you know, it says we are to bear with one another, and we've done that, you know. Sure. And, and there's just a there's a there's a level of love there that over time had to develop. It's an awareness through the experience of, of being in that relationship. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty much at about the same time. June's a big month for me. So I got married in June, you know, and, and I believe if I, if I look at the Bible was given to me when I received Christ's edification Bible school, I think that was June too. So I'm sort of like 47 years in this relationship with Christ now. So longer even my marriage. And, you know, when I came to Christ, I was young, I was five. And, you know, it was like, you know, Lord, I'm giving you all this. I was just getting ready to turn six. So it gives you an idea of where I was. You know, I know God loves me. I love him. Um, but I'll tell you, after 47 years, my understanding of God's love for me is so much more profound now. Um, not only because I've grown uh, developmentally, but just experientially with Christ to realize, wow, he was with me during that. I mean, I really dropped the ball there and, and, and I came to him, he asked for forgiveness and he grew me through this. Um, I wish I hadn't done that. There's not a mistake I've made that I, I wouldn't want to change, but you can't. But when you put it in the hands of God, he uses it to grow you. And so there's this, there's this like balance in scripture, tension, as a mentor once told me, but we're going to stay in the center of biblical tension between this understanding of what obedience is and isn't. Obedience doesn't earn our salvation, but obedience is an act of love in this relationship I have with God. And so going back to that original question, you know, is it a formula? Well, Yes and no. And, and in our next episode, I want, to, I want to unpack that a little bit. But for now, I just want to say there, there is a tension between the reality that, that obedience is out of love for God. But there is a reality. But when I look at Scripture, there is a, if you do this, then. And so I, I know in my life, especially early in the faith, I would think, well, my goodness, you know, I'm a Christian. Why didn't God just let me avoid that mistake? It doesn't work that way. You know, God's there. And in reality, is he might have let me avoid a mistake if I was following him at that moment, but I chose to do my own thing. And God's like, I'll let you do your own thing. And if you want to come back, I'm here. You know, and, and not salvation-wise, but experience-wise, right? If you come back, I'll grow you through this, or you can keep making the same mistake. Um, there's a there's a um, particular leadership axiom, if you will, that's like, you know, if you don't learn the lesson the first time, don't worry, you'll get another opportunity. And I remember uh, it's from Bobby Clinton's book. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, uh, it's a profound principle. But I remember reading it. I was in my early 20s and thinking, Lord, help me be the person who wants to learn right at the first mistake. I don't want to make the mistake. So by the way, I'd rather learn from the mistake of others, watch, learn, be mentored, than make it myself. But when I make it, help me learn the lesson quick because I don't want to have to learn it through doing it and doing it and doing it until I get the point. Sure, sure. I I remember uh, telling people, you talk about the experience, and so you have an experience with God and you feel in that moment so much love and so you, like you're full, right, in that moment. But then you go a year down the road and you start to feel um, lost again. But what I love is that God loved you in the moment when you were feeling his love immensely, and he knew what was coming. 
So he is not a God who's changed. He's the same God, and he knew what was coming. And so allow us to um, flourish in that. Yeah, I had a mentor years ago who said, don't forget in the darkness what God showed you in the light. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just something that, that has has really sustained me, that principle, that that truth, over and over again in my spiritual walk when, when I don't necessarily feel God's presence, but I know he's there, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like, you know... It, Feeling is a part of who we are. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can be negative on feelings. Feelings is who we are, but feelings can't drive our faith. Fact has to. And it's the fact that God's with me that allows me once again to, to, to trust and to believe, right? It's not always feelings. So yes. there's just times where with our walk with him, it's so important we understand that. And obedience is the same way. It's, it's not like, if well, if I'm obedient with him, then I'm going to necessarily feel this whatever. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But I know that if I'm trusting him in obedience, and that's what we'll pick up uh, as we continue this conversation next week, that if I'm walking in obedience, that he has something for me in the midst of that, that I will miss, that I will miss if I'm not walking in obedience. Yeah. So that's what that's what we'll sort of uh, let off this week, right? We'll stop there, and then next week we'll pick up on really then what is obedience? Let's talk about what is obedience, and, and it's it's more than one thing in the Christian faith. Obedience is is a is a a profound reality of what God calls us to as as followers of His. But for now, I, I hope you'll join with us next week. Thank you so much for taking time in your your schedule to listen to this podcast. I never take for granted. Um, that you make it somewhat a priority to, to listen. You could have chosen to listen to a ton of things, done a ton of things, but but you chose to, to listen to us, and, and I appreciate that. Remember, check out crosswinds.church. You can learn out more about this podcast, all things crosswinds. But for now, as always, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.